0: thousand square foot room at least there's not one electrical outlet and this is the the wi-fi center I, i don't understand why you would have the work center be where the children are playing games and why there's no electrical outlets but i'm sure there's a divine plan to it so and uh who doesn't love fluorescent lighting so let's come together in love and joy and freedom and peace in harmony so grateful and thankful to join together in the love of god as the love of god shining the light of god in our hearts in our minds so brightly that all shadows dissolve. All shadows are consumed. We are truly grateful and truly thankful that we can open ourselves to the higher Holy Spirit self and relinquish all the blocks to love known and unknown. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to open ourselves to the healing that is unprecedented. Our willingness brings forth ever more unprecedented healing. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, so... uh, would like to uh, continue our conversation about prayer, and particularly looking at it from this course of miracles perspective. Uh, how many of you have read the song of prayer? How many of you have read the song of prayer? Oh, that's awesome. So half, <clears throat> approximately. And uh, anybody want to share what stood out to you in the reading of it?
1: Anand, then Carla.
2: Yeah, can you hear me?
1: By the way, everybody.
0: Okay. Cool. I hear you. Yeah. Good. Um. Yeah. I, the main thing that stuck out to me was. You know, uh, I'll just say, Anand, that you are a little weaker sounding than normal, and a little there's a little bit of a vibrato or something happening there.
3: Is is it better now?
0: Yes, it is.
3: Okay. I have this uh, microphone here, so. Um, ah. <laughs> um. Yeah so uh the song of it's prayer It's breaking
0: up again. Sorry.
3: Okay. You know
0: can you just hold it up like you were a moment ago?
3: Yeah, let's try this. Is oh, that, that better? Oh, that's so
0: good. Yes, okay, way better. better. All
3: right, well let me uh keep this here then. Um yeah, so in the song of prayer um the main thing um that I got from it that stuck in my mind, I feel like I need to read it again. <laughs> um was that we're really not asking for anything from God in prayer. We're just um sharing our gratitude with God. That was something that kinda of stuck out with me. It's not really so much about asking for things as much as it is about uh gratitude. So that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. I read it again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot right. more
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and that that's a a, a very powerful Foundational part of the song of prayer. Carla, thank you, Anand.
2: <clears throat> I got it that every thought is a prayer. Every thought is a prayer because that what comes to me is that whatever and the universe, God, whatever doesn't wait for us to say, God, help me, dot, whatever. It's every thought is a prayer. So that's what I got. I'm
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Carla. Rosalind, would you like to add something? Well,
1: it's, it's been a long time since I read it. And when I read it, I was doing therapy. Um, so that's different from the psychotherapy pamphlet. Just, I'm just remembering. Um, my mind went to that. that. That's a separate one, right? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, I think the two things that were already said, um, something about, I don't know if I'm making this up or if it's my memory, that it's what's in your heart. You know, it's not what you say, but what, what you believe and what, what, where your real position is. You can say anything you want, but if that's a cover for what you believe, then that the belief is more important. Am I making that up, or was that in there?
0: No, you are not making it up. Um, that that is in there, and uh, that that is through a lot of teachings. And uh, was it you or someone else brought up the the woman in Testimony of Light who was a a simple woman who lived her life very simply, and yet she really was so loving with the people around her, the people that came into her life. And in Testimony of Light, when Frances, as I recall, encounters her on the other side, she was so impressed and moved by her, because, and and she went into judgment and did a comparison against herself. Can you hear a lot of that noise? Is it, is it strong? A little bit, you hear?
1: We hear it, but we can still hear you. So we'll do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat>
0: um, I just literally, this is the only space that has Wi-Fi in this huge building complex that uh, can house like a thousand or more people. So I'm so happy that after that big
1: travel day, you still decided to have this meeting. No worries.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you, Rosalind. Yeah, I I love get our get-togethers. They're so important to me, and meaningful. So, in in testimony of light, it was this one simple woman. I I, I keep wanting to say she she lived on a farm. Uh, But I don't know if if that's actually correct. It doesn't matter. Um, And Frances compares herself to her and says how impressed she is that she, she kind of says something like, Here I was a nun, a missionary, dedicating my whole life to sharing the word of God and the teachings of Jesus. And yet... I I never really achieved the level of love that this woman did so effortlessly, so naturally. She just was beaming love. And even though she wasn't particularly smart, she was a very simple-minded woman. She lived so from her heart that uh, basically people in the afterlife really wanted to be around her, just bask in the glow of her loving energy. And that, um, that always took, stood out to me as one of the key memories from reading that book was how, how impressive somebody is who can just simply be loving wherever they go, whatever they do. That this, you know, we often are looking to accomplish things in the world. Right? to achieve things in the world and to earn people's respect and admiration and to feel accomplished in the world. But who can even argue with the accomplishment of someone who is genuinely loving and kind most of the time? It stand, the light in the person is so clear and bright, it stand out naturally. They stand out naturally. So um, that that to me is one of the themes of the song of prayer is really to live from the heart and to be in prayer all the time, prayer without ceasing. And uh, one of the most key principles in there is that Oh, they are so loud over there. (laughs) It's just a little... My energy, my my nervous system... I'm just going to tune up to a higher vibration here where it doesn't bother me. (laughs) So it talks about uh, laying your prayer on the altar. And... Like Anand was saying, making it a prayer of gratitude that you are praying to release all the attachments and to gratefully, as a gift to God, place the craving, the needing, the wanting, the attachment to whatever, to place that on the altar as a gift to God. So it's a very different in many ways. It's a very different aspect of prayer. And it's one that I hope as I teach prayer or as I intend as I teach prayer to unfold into what I share about prayer because that to me is the gift that we're giving in our prayer is our willingness to see the truth, to be the truth, to share the truth, and to give up all the attachments. And so it also talks about the answer prayer and how to recognize the answer prayer. And to me, this is a very important component of a powerful prayer for life is understanding what the answer prayer can be. And uh, Jesus talks about it being an echo in the mind. An echo in the mind, and so what what I have come to recognize is that the the answered prayer is often for me very often it's simply an, an insight it's an insight that is noticeable, that is clear, and that is absolutely. Changing my awareness, shifting my awareness—that to me is fundamentally how I experience the answered prayer. Now, I will say, having traveled today, uh, I just—I had a, a, a thing um, where originally I was told to get a ticket to Munich, so I did. And I got it on uh, British Airways, uh, but they were selling the Aer Lingus ticket. And it was Newark to Dublin to Munich, all good. So then, uh, about a week after I bought the ticket, it was made clear to me, no, you don't want to go to Munich, you want to go to Dusseldorf. Otherwise, you're going to have to take a train to Dusseldorf or a plane, and it's going to be a much longer trip. So get yourself a ticket to Dusseldorf. So to change the ticket was hundreds of dollars, and it was only a $500 ticket anyway. So um, called, different things, a couple hours on the phone, Aer Lingus, British Airways, blah. So finally, amazingly, through Google, I found a ticket from Dublin. Remember, I had to change planes in Dublin. A ticket from Dublin to Dusseldorf for like $50, $50. Mm-hmm. So I said, fine, just give me that ticket. And then I called Aer Lingus and British Airways and all those people again and said, um, can you just drop the Munich half of the flight and just book me all the way through Dusseldorf. And they said, no guarantees on that. it will It's probably going to void your whole ticket if you do that. So um, – but, you know, when you get to the airport, see what they can do. They were so helpful at the airport. They were like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, okay, sure, we can do that. And not only that, I had my little carry-on roller bag. They said, let's let's check that, too, free bag. We'll check that, too. So you got your big bag, you got your little bag. We'll check all that so you don't have very much to carry with you on the plane. And then, because uh, I... Was It was a flight late afternoon, overnight, uh, a red-eye flight. Uh, and there's just no way around that, really, when you're going to Europe from here or from there. Um, y- you hope not to be seated next to an extra large person squished in, you know, to the window or in the middle between two people. So I always say to the angels, smooth sailing, please, any assistance I can receive. I'm just energizing that smooth, safe sailing, everything working together for my good. Well, the check-in was great. Everything was great. Uh, got to the gate plenty of time early. Had the worst piece of salmon I've ever had in my life, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, really, I just, I don't know what they, what happened there. It was like they deep fried it or something i don 't know what they did to it, but um I had an entire row of four seats to myself, so i didn't really get to sleep much, but I got to lay down, and that was great so i'm I'm saying all of that to say you lay it on the altar with no attachment and then stay attuned because i i didn't sit in my seat i didn't even go look for my seat i just saw all these empty seats and i just said i'm gonna sit here okay sure sit there and um and i asked you know Lingus. i was prepared well maybe they won't be able to do that maybe i'll have to go to munich anyway because they won't put my luggage through or whatever no no problem they took care of it no problem two bags no problem basically everything was no problem and then uh when I got to Dusseldorf uh I followed the signs to the train and then I knew this is not the right train I need to get on a different train system and I didn't know how to find it there was not one information booth not one thing and there was no one to ask and um so I just kept saying to the angels, to Spirit, just show me, guide me the way. And they did. They helped me get to the other train station and all that. And so um, it's not about all the words. It's about letting go of what we think we need, what we think we want, what we think will make us happy. It's about really giving it to God. You show me. You teach me every day of my life. Teach me and show me. Teach me and show me. And then to take each moment of each day as a, as a, I don't even want to say learning opportunity anymore because I really am done with learning. Yeah, I'll learn some things on my computer, but, um, learning how, Meaning, you know, I'll learn how the software works. But I'd really rather just remember how life is lived as a spiritual being without any interference from the ego. That's what I'm interested in, just remembering and recognizing, remembering and recognizing. And I find that the more I intend that, the more I experience that and that is what the song of prayer is about it's about giving up all the attachments to and everything we you know, there's so many attachments we can't even comprehend how many attachments there are but we don't have to count them and we don't have to take an inventory of them We really can just keep praying to let them all go and and become excited about the opportunity when another one is revealed. Even if it kicks our butt in the moment, we can still get excited about the opportunity to live with one less attachment. And listening always for that echo. I think that, in some ways, there's a little bit about that echo in the Song of Prayer, and I don't have my copy in front of me right now, but there is I think some confusion about that echo that the echo the answered prayer comes as an echo in the mind it says the answered prayer comes as an echo in the mind and what does that actually mean? well, for me, as I feel it it's it's an echo of in some ways what comes to me so strongly is it's an echo of that original sound the echo of the original sound, so you may have heard Venerable talking about how things come thoughts are sounds sounds are thoughts and that this is how things are created Uh, and if you think of in the beginning of the old testament it says in the beginning was the word and the word was god right and what does the word do anybody remember what it
2: Was it good? Can you guys hear her? I think she froze.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, she froze.
4: Can I hear you? mm
0: I think they just reboot. So, if you think about
2: uh you hear it twice.
0: the twice
2: oh, she froze again. <laughs>
1: Jennifer, you probably know that you froze and you um we lost you for a few minutes. You're frozen again.
2: I'm sure you see that. It's so interesting, it's it's quiet now. <laughs> now we have the issues. So. It's so amazing. <sighs>
1: And, this, and the subject is the echo. So what echoes are we hearing while she's frozen?
3: Hey guys, by the way, I have a...
0: Uh, do you not see oh, me?
3: Please. No, we we there, we can see you now.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah, there's three of you on the screen. But you're,
1: we don't hear you now, Jennifer. And you're gone from the screen. Kevin is there, though. Hi, Kevin. We're having a little computer, internet problem. Uh, Jennifer is. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: Let's see. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Let me just... So, yeah, in the beginning was... Right, so, in that creation story, it talks about this there there being this void, if you will, and that God brings forth this thought, this word that brings the world, the earth, and life upon it into creation, into being and uh, I'm a evolution, whatever. But I know I, I really believe that the word, the world was created by the Creator, as an illusion uh, for us to experience.
1: Oh, I'm
2: sorry. Can I respect the one? No. So should we tell her if she froze again? Maybe she can
3: write, but <gasps> you know, let's write it in. Yeah, I um, I had uh, texted her on the chat the first time, so I would imagine that she doesn't know. But uh, I can, she, can send another.
2: I am. No, she has another, She's there again. <laughs> oh,
0: We're <They're> with you. <laughs> yep, I just. Uh, I'm gonna claim the host <laughs> so that I can mute the other one out, which I can't do, and I don't know why. Um, how's the sound? It's okay. What now? All right. Thank you. Sorry, I I don't uh. booting the system or something. Anyway, so this idea that God doesn't know anything about this world doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, And I've never heard anybody explain it in a way that does make sense to me. And I've not heard it specifically said, I've not read it specifically said in A Course in Miracles that God doesn't... Because what we read in A Course in Miracles all the time is that God knows everything. God is initial fundamental qualities of God. So
3: Well, uh, Jennifer I think will we lose her again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Maybe her bandwidth isn't enough for both the video and the audio. Hmm.
1: Carla, I think that's worth checking out. If she just tries to do audio, maybe it would be better.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: She's muted.
0: Trying to blame the host again.
3: There, you're back now. We lost you there for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: Carla had a great idea. Maybe um, if you try just audio and instead of video, maybe you don't have the bandwidth for both.
0: So God is omniscient. God knows what's in our heart. And this is one of the key teachings of Jesus is (coughs) he asked his disciples whose prayer is more powerful. The Pharisee, which, you know, is part of the temple ecclesiastically, the Pharisee who's praying in the temple for all to see. Or the, the tax collector who's praying in secret, whose prayer is more powerful? And his disciples said, well, the Pharisee, of course, because the Pharisee is, you know, a, like a rabbi, uh, someone who's been trained to do this and who's so knowledgeable and praying in the temple. And Jesus, I imagine him tax collector who's praying in secret, his prayer, because of course it was a man, his prayer is the prayer that's more powerful, because his prayer is from the heart. It's not from his intellect. He's not trying to prove anything. His prayer is totally from his being, to commune with God. That is the prayer that's more powerful. And so... For me, it was a wonderful realization many years ago to really realize all of life is responding to what I'm holding in my heart because I would often put on a false self and pretend I was feeling more loving than I was, pretend I was being more spiritual or thinking more spiritual thoughts than I was. And I thought I could hide it all. You know, I thought I could really get away with it. And so for me, it was uh, really turning a corner when I saw, I just like to come from my heart all the time now. And sometimes what I'll be feeling in my heart is resentment. And I don't have to dump it on anyone, but I don't have to pretend that I don't feel what I feel. I can be authentic. I can be transparent as long as I'm not making anyone else responsible for how I feel. As long as I'm not doing that, I can express how I feel. And then I don't get stuck in my feelings. I'm letting them go. So this is a key part of the, the song of prayer to really come from your heart, to be anchored in your heart of what you would like to share, to experience, and to continuously go back to this is about being something. This is about remembering our true identity. This is not about getting anything. And that's one of the things that takes many of us quite a while to move out of, thinking that we need to get something, that we can improve our stature by having something, getting something, rather than just being the living, loving presence that we are born to be. So that's why, when I read that in the Song of Prayer, about really leaving things on the altar and not asking for anything except for our attachments to be removed, making an offering of them, it resonated so much for me because it, it had been what I was practicing, it was what I was led to. So to me it's important that as we go down this road as prayer practitioners that we're learning to pray in the ways that Joel Goldsmith and, um, Phineas Quimby and Jesus and others are praying where it's, yes, we're mindful of our thoughts and our words, but the main thing is we are really praying from the heart. That prayer from the heart is so full. I feel like there's some other things that people would like to share or bring up. Actually,
1: Jennifer, you may be reading my mind right now. I was being quiet because okay. I talk a lot. But um, I had an experience today that was so clearly what you're talking about. Uh We're in Miami Beach because we had to leave Marco Island because my daughter has asthma and um, she was visiting with my grandson and we have uh, fires uh, nearby. They're not uh, threatening our house, but the air quality uh, was not Mm. acceptable. She would have been in the hospital within an hour. So we left um, to go to Miami Beach with no reservations and... Anyway, uh, we were in the least expensive hotel that we could find, and uh, we settled in there. And um, though I may seem bold with my feelings and my talk, physically I'm not an adventurous person. Um, I didn't ride a bicycle till I was 18, and so on. Mm-hmm. So my daughter came up with this idea that um, maybe we could take uh, a Segway tour all be on segues. And, um, and uh, since my brain surgery, my balance isn't that great. So I would tend to be afraid of that kind of thing anyway and say no. I, I just assume um, my attachment in, at that moment was to my fear, to my reluctance to do physic, new physical things, um, to my beliefs that I'm not, not that good at it. Uh, whatever that whole story would be. Um, mm. I noticed the feeder and I said, I don't know, but the next thing I did was to put it on the altar. And she had, there was some time to decide. The man said he'd bring two, one for my daughter and one for my grandson, and then two more in case we decided to come. So I put it on the altar and I didn't think about it again. I just said, show me, it wasn't a fancy prayer. It was just, uh, I could see that I don't want to do it because of beliefs and reluctance. But if you want me to do this, you know, it wasn't even that many words, it was just show me. And so forgot about it. And then um, morning came and we were told to leave our hotel because we were just doing it day by day and they were full. So it wasn't anything personal, but we had to leave. So we were not in a time where a lot of thoughts could happen because we had to pack up, and it was either yes or no. And it was very clear. My mind said no because of fears and beliefs about myself, and my heart said yes. And I think that's what you might be teaching about the echo because I heard the yes in my heart, but, I, you know, the words are mind. But... Um, so I said yes, thinking I'm crazy. This is really out of my comfort zone, um, and had one of the best days of my life. Um, it was just amazing, mm. so much. So um, it was pretty much life changing for me. So, and the guy was kind, mm. and the guy was, you know, he could read on my face that I was terrified. And, um, when we were in traffic or close to a lot of people in the beginning, he had his hand on my Segway. Um, and then he will go. He knew just when to let go. And my grandson took over and went, went right behind the man when that was his preference, but he waited. Um, so he could be the leader of our little tribe, which made me feel good. And I was as comfortable. I mean, it was a life changing story. Um, so I just wanted to share
0: that. Yes. And and do you notice, Rosalind? Can you recall a shift in your awareness, or your desire, or your heart before that experience that preceded it?
1: Before which experience? Before saying yes, or before going on there on the on the before, before saying yes?
0: yeah even before saying yes
1: well actually um the life the 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 experience I had had to do with our last session when I asked that question about the people what was there was there something taking me down a negative path when I joined the people uh, who were so kind and and viewing melissa's passing as a tragedy, and at the end of uh, our, our class, you talked about the difference between feelings and emotions. And I said to myself, bingo, that's it.
0: Hmm.
1: I had a feeling I'm okay with crying, but when I join the story of the tragedy and whatever people are imagining it would be for them, bingo, that's where the trouble is. So since then, I've been differentiating very, very clearly what's the feeling, and then I stop there. So the feeling was fear. I didn't develop a story about the segue. I just said, the feeling is fear, and I will put that on the altar, but I'm not going to make a story over it. Just show me yes or no on the segue. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It really does.
1: Because if I
0: had started the stories
1: about why I can't do the Segway, there would be almost no chance of God getting through to say yes on the Segway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is learning to be guided in that way, like riding a wave.
4: Mm -hmm. like
0: riding a wave of energy Mm -hmm. and where we're remembering how to be so in tune with the energy that we know, oh, now's the time to stop doing whatever we're doing. Now's the time to go do that. Now's the time to turn left. Now's the time to turn right. Now's the time to make that call. Now's the time. And it's – its reach it is a mind training it is retraining ourselves to recognize the echo the still small voice and uh, I think the part part of what I got cut off was saying that it's the echo of our, our our creator, it's the echo of creation, it's the echo of our divinity that we're hearing and responding to. And to me it's so helpful when we think about prayer to think about what Hugh Len said in Zero Limits, where he said when you are in that Uh, zero-mindedness, then you have no attachments. You really are free in your mind. And so you are going to pick up the divine guidance and inspiration and follow it where it takes you and you don't even need any intention at all. Mm -hmm. So you're just living so present to what's needed in the moment, what's going to bring forth the highest and best in the well, moment
4: that, that you are sense.
0: riding that energy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: Say, say it again. Well, that makes a lot of sense why I would feel it in my heart. It felt like my mind was saying no because of fear, but the yes was from my heart, even though I could still feel the fear. And why it was in my heart was was right. the goodness of God is in my heart.
0: Yes. Right. That's where we plugged in. Mm-hmm. Oh my. We're just moving through the room here. <sighs> yes. To me, it's been so valuable in my life experience to experiment with prayer all the time, to to boldly experiment with it, and to constantly be checking back or consistently be checking back in a feeling way. Okay, this was my prayer. This was my thought. uh, This was my desire. This was my intention. Where... Where is it unfolding? How is it unfolding? I'm, I'm just going to ask some of you a little quieter.
2: Can I say something? Just go ahead, Carla. Well, I was just going to say what stood out for me and what she said was, this is what I do, what she's talking about, experiment with prayer, is it this line, I stood out, Do not make anyone else responsible for how I feel. And so I realized that is true for what we think of as good or bad, right? It's all our our response our to what is. And so I did that whenever I was I heard that, I made that into a prayer right right then. Just a because I just hear stuff, I see stuff when people talk, and i it I don't know, I just wanted to share that, so that was really good to me, and anyhow she, <laughs> something she's gone, or something I don't know where she is no
0: i'm I'm back, I was just listening to you oh. um. Yeah, we, we make meaning of what other people are doing. We make meaning of what we're doing. It's that constant meaning-making machine that the ego is. Whereas that echo, the answered prayer, is actually our, it's our true reality. And I think one of the ways that we can recognize that is it's not an opinion. It's not a judgment. So for me, one of the practices is to keep laying all the attachments on the altar as a gift. I give you this, God. I give you this. Let there be no thing in my mind that separates me from you. If I have a sense of lack and needing and wanting, then I am in that place of thinking I'm separate from God. Because how could I have a thought of lack or limitation and not believe that I'm separate from God? How could that ever be? Right? I feel that's so important for us to understand is that we... When we know our God self, there cannot coexist a thought of lack or limitation. Those thoughts only come when we're identified with the ego. So we don't have to figure out how to get rid of those thoughts or where they came from. We really just have to shift back into our right mind and make it clear. I'm not interested in thinking with that ego thought system anymore. It's no part of me. It's nothing I I want anymore. I'm done with it. Were you going to share something, Rosalind?
1: No, I'm good. All right.
0: Hmm.
1: Was that was that what you were what you were saying about the echo when in my example? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, that it's, you know, this is where words are so challenging. Because we think of an echo as being a sound. But many of us don't hear God. It's not how we perceive it we feel it we sense it many people see images they're they're clairvoyant many people just get the thought not that many people hear a distinct voice this time i did hear so the, the yes, echo
1: but oh. say it again this time i did hear the yes but what was stronger than the yes was the physical going toward it was like an opening, like um, it was almost a physical disturbance toward the yes. I, I you know, uh, uh, I don't know how to quite say it, but um, sometimes I just hear words. But this time it, it was actually a, a nudge. Um, though my mind was still wanting to be afraid, it was a nudge toward yes.
0: Right. I, I totally can relate to that. It's, it's also like I would make my grocery store prayer where I would say, Spirit, when I go through the grocery store, make only the things that are best for me stand out, that the things that are not good for me, that I won't even notice them. I won't be drawn to them. I won't see them. They're unrecognizable to me. And I found that that was a very effective prayer.
1: And then, if if if, you're, if you see something that your mind would have said was unhealthy or had some opinion on, would you buy it anyway? No.
0: Oh, that's interesting. You hear that? Mm-hmm.
1: What if spirit wanted you to eat something that you didn't think you should be eating?
0: Oh, the heck with spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, let, let me f- feel that because um, I, I can't give you a ready answer because I don't remember. I have to feel into that. So give me a moment. Well, do you do you remember my who, who Wants the Yogurt story? Yes, yes. So do other people remember that story, Who Wants the Yogurt? Yes. I, I'll just say very briefly no. that I was going home from uh, doing spiritual practice with my friend Shan for the whole afternoon, and I was feeling very expansive, very uplifted, and uh, it was Friday, LA traffic, rush hour. And I thought, I could have frozen yogurt for dinner. I could stop there on the way home, get that frozen yogurt, go home, eat the frozen yogurt, and just have a nice quiet evening at home. And my higher self said, Ask who wants the yogurt? It was so distinct. Was so gentle, but it was so clear. Ask who wants the yogurt. So I, I said, "Oh, okay, I'll ask who wants the yogurt." And I got immediately that it was my ego was trying to entice me to go to the frozen yogurt store because I had in the past sometimes uh, gotten too big a thing of yogurt with too many. Toppings and things, and then I would feel uh, I would eat it. uh, Maybe not even eat all of it, eat half of it or whatever, and put the rest in the freezer. But I would feel bad. I'd feel bad in some way. I shouldn't have gotten that the Reese's Pieces topping, or I shouldn't have gotten the uh, extra large. I should some shoulds pouring out upon me. And so it was one way for the ego to hook me that I was doing something wrong when there's nothing wrong with eating frozen yogurt. It's just yogurt that's been frozen. That's all it is. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not lactose intolerant. It's just an opinion. But it was one way the ego could hook me. And so, uh, and that I might eat past fullness, and then the ego could hook me again. What are you doing that for? Why are you still doing that? What's wrong with you? That kind of thing. So who wants the frozen yogurt? The ego does. Why? To trap me into feeling bad about myself because I've raised my vibration so high. The ego wants to find a way to bring it back down right now. Can't stand it. So... I I knew to ask, well, what is it that would be best for my body? And I got a clear chicken and vegetables message. And I already had those things at home, so I didn't have to stop. And that's what I did. I went home and I cooked that up, and it was so delicious to me. Nothing fancy, very plain. But that to me was the, the proof was in that that eating of it, that it tastes so delicious to me. And I knew as I was eating it, there's no way that frozen yogurt would have tasted better to me. No way. So um, that's an example of how the guidance was different than what I could have said I wanted. that work Rosalind? Um, Yeah
1: I was you know I remember that story and it was um, it has been useful to me to to ask that question. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm very much um, being worked with about my opinions and judgments and uh, I let spirit choose my food and today uh, I was a little surprised because I felt I was being led to eat a lot more breakfast and some things that I don't usually eat. Um, there was no, there was no ego chatter about geez, you know, you're eating pancakes or, you know, but it was a little, it was surprising the uh, you know, the, the choices and the amount, it wasn't overfull or anything like that, but it just was a little surprising because I'm being led. And then later on it was like, Oh, that made so much sense. You know, because lunch was delayed, I didn't know it was going to be delayed. The normal amount of food would have been – I would have been starving and all the things I don't enjoy being starving, so spirit took care of it. And I got to eat some things I don't usually eat, which was fun. So um, when you said don't uh, have me only see what's good for me, it made me think – you know of asking you that question
0: it, it, food is such a great way to uh, practice being more in tune with the voice for God because we eat many times a day right we have snacks we have meals so we're constantly doing that, day in and day out. It's a constant thing. And so doing that check-in, what to eat and when to eat and how much to eat, these kinds of things, it's a great part of our spiritual practice because not only do we start to listen and get the guidance like you're talking about, Rosalind Uh, which is so helpful, like you said, you would have been uncomfortable uh, if you had uh, followed your own inner plan, your own plan based on your history, right? Mm, But instead, you you tuned in and you followed the guidance that you got, and so that guidance uh, created a more harmonious day for you. Because okay. you didn't end up starving and then uh, whatever would have occurred. So, it, and also, I
1: got, I got to see that those judgments, even about pancakes and things, um, are just judgments. So, every time I let go of an, a judgment or an opinion, I feel um, an expansion or just a relief not to carry another one of those around. Right. But I don't think I could get rid of them without, without having eaten it and felt okay.
0: Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I had thought um, today as I was going through the Dublin airport that all the Scottish smoked salmon. And I thought, oh, let me get some of that. I could have some of that at the retreat center. But spirit said, no, don't get that. And I did have some, uh, I had a small amount that I didn't finish and I brought with me here. And then I saw right away in the rules that there's Mm -hmm. no meat or fish to be consumed on the premises. Mm -hmm. So I had it and I I thought, okay, well, I have it here already. Mm -hmm. Do I eat it or do that, which would be consuming it or do I just throw it away and waste it and I got don't consume it that's the rule don't consume it so throw it away and I thought okay I'll throw it away and i didn't feel angry or bothered or upset by it cuz there's some reason why we're not to consume it and I love the the
1: non-attachments to to the decisions
0: yeah you know because the, the in my my past life I would have been angry oh this is wasteful Uh, why didn't they tell me that ahead of time or something like that now I'm just like oh okay there it is not that I don't have my attachments come up every day but it's so much more free and so be have being in this practice of consistently using the meal time as an opportunity to ask What am I to eat today? What am I to do today? Where am I to go today? The the rules for decision. So helpful to us. The rules for decision. And we'll be surprised, all the time surprised by what, what the guidance might be. There's so much activity in this room. I can't believe it. (laughs) So many people moving through this room. Doing so many things. I'm just being, tuning in here. Anand?
3: Well, I, uh, I pulled. I have this uh, song of prayer opened up here, and I just kind of read through the beginning of it, and the first four paragraphs kind of um, really touch on the echo and everything, and kind of just the basics of all this. So I was wondering if it would be okay with you, or if it's if if I could read it um, to you guys, because I think it's very clarifying, but. Obviously, if there's something else we, we need to, we were discussing, I just thought, no. I just thought it would be go, helpful. Go,
0: go for it. Go for it. Okay.
3: Alright, so this is the um, beginning of the true prayer section after the introduction, so I'm just going to go ahead and start with that. So the first paragraph is, um, prayer is a way offered by the Holy Spirit to reach God. It is not merely a question or an entreaty. And I looked up entreaty, and entreaty means to plead for something. So it's not merely a question or a plea. It cannot succeed until you realize that it asks for nothing. How else could it serve its purpose? It is impossible to pray for idols and hope to reach God. True prayer must avoid the pitfall of asking to entreat. Ask, rather, to receive what is already given to accept what is already there. You have been told to ask the Holy Spirit for the answer to any specific problem and that you will receive a specific answer if such is your need. You have also been told that there is only one problem and one answer. In prayer, this is not contradictory. There are decisions to make here and they must be made whether they be illusions or not. You cannot be asked to accept answers which are beyond the level of need that you can recognize. Therefore, it is not the form of the question that matters, nor how it is asked. The form of the answer, if given by God, will suit your need as you see it. This is merely an echo of the reply of his voice. The real sound is always a song of thanksgiving and of love. You cannot then ask for the echo. It is the song that is the gift. Along with it comes the overtones, the harmonics, and the echoes. But these are secondary. In true prayer, you hear only the song. All the rest is merely added. You have sought first the kingdom of heaven, and all else has indeed been given you. Now this is the last paragraph that I was going to, or the, Last two paragraphs I was going to read. Um, The secret of true prayer is to forget the things you think you need. To ask for the specific is much the same as to look on sin and then forgive it. Also, in the same way, in prayer, you overlook your specific needs as you see them and let them go into God's hands. There they become your gifts to him, for they tell him that you would have no gods before him, no love but his. What could his answer be but your remembrance of him? Can this be traded for a bit of trifling advice about a problem of an instant's duration? God answers only for eternity, but still all little answers are contained in this. Prayer is a stepping aside, a letting go, a quiet time of listening and loving. It should not be confused with supplication of any kind. Again, supplication is, is asking for stuff because it is a way Of remembering your holiness why should holiness ask for things being fully entitled to everything love has to offer and it is to you or sorry it is to love you go in prayer prayer is an offering a giving up of yourself to be at one with love there's nothing to ask because there's nothing left to want that nothingness becomes the altar of God it disappears in him so those are the first five paragraphs And as far as the uh, echo is concerned, um, basically what I'm getting from this is that whatever answer we get is an echo of what God, the real song. The song is basically the thing that God gives us, and the echo is what we may perceive. But in true prayer, we relate with the actual song, and the actual song is always thanksgiving and love. So anything beyond that that we hear can be in line with what God is answering to us but that's just merely an echo because what the real song is love and thanksgiving.
0: So beautifully said. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yes. And, and it's in the song of prayer there to me, it's, it's fairly easy to recognize that, The song of prayer is gratitude and thanksgiving because if our prayer is true, then we're giving up that which blocks our awareness of the divine. So the whole universe is grateful in singing a song of prayer because we are choosing to come into our right mind and give up thinking that there's lack and limitation
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the
0: song, yeah, the song of gratitude is one of having.
3: Yes. Because every time we're asking for anything and identifying with the ego while we're asking for something, we're kind of saying we don't already have it. Because the truth is we already are that. We already are love. We already are at peace. It's an attribute within us. So really, we're just asking for what we, what we already are. We're kind of just asking ourselves to be who we are. Because we've forgotten.
0: Well, yes. And as I was teaching the other night, when we seek the kingdom first, everything is added unto us. Because when we seek the kingdom first, we're letting go of the blocks to love on the altar, the false idols. And when we clear all of that, when we allow it to be cleared out, I think it's a better way to say it. When we allow it to be cleared out, then we're in that, zero state where if we'd like to manifest a car, we can manifest a car. If we'd like to manifest uh, a fun time at Disney world, we can manifest a fun time at Disney world. If we would like to manifest a harmonious relationship, we can manifest harmonious relationship. When we give up the blocks to love, We're supposed to be able to manifest what we would like as long as we have no attachments and we're not trying to fill a perceived void. There's no reason why we can't have what we'd like. But when our prayers are to fill what we feel is a void or to fix a problem, then we're actually energizing something negative. So that's the the beauty of this teaching on prayer is to recognize we already have it's already been given Yeah Anybody else like to share anything on this topic?
4: Jenny? Yeah, I was um, I'm really interested by what's being spoken about. So doing the lessons in the morning in the, in the workbook, you know, it'll say things like review, say God's only plan or God's plan for our salvation is the only that, one that will work. And then it just says to listen, which is kind of honestly a different experience for me. Mm-hmm. And for a while, for a while, my mind would just fill it with stuff, you know, like ideas where maybe I should ask for this or I don't know what I'm doing or whatever things that would come up with. And more recently, like just this week, it kind of felt like there was just nothing like a uh, like, but more like a presence, you know, like it was like a. I don't know it was just very strange to me I didn't really know what to do with it so I didn't try and do anything I just stayed there it was like this is what I desire for you but it wasn't and it was that kind of it reminded me of the idea of zero state I just don't understand it um or the other thing that happened then was I had this feeling of celebration and I was like what is this (laughs) and the reply I got was we're celebrating you and I said well why and it was said because you're listening (laughs) and that was really interesting because I was like it's not like something I would say to myself you know I wouldn't celebrate me listening it just wouldn't be It just wouldn't have been my my own or the ego voice you know so Mm. they've been some really interesting experiences of is that prayer I, I guess it's prayer well, as I was sharing in the Monday class
0: our our thoughts in a sense really can all be thought of as prayer hmm. so what what distinct what's the difference between um, uh, uh, this to me is extremely important for us to understand, so there's one aspect which is whenever we're energizing a thought we believe it we're pouring our energy into it uh, we're calling it into manifestation and being whether it's uh, angry uh, upset thoughts or uh, prayerful thoughts of healing and harmony we're the Power, in part, comes from our belief and pouring that belief into it. And I've learned to experience many turnaround situations where I see, oh, I've been believing this about that. I'm going to change that right now. I'm going to start believing this new thought instead. And it's amazing how it turns things around so quickly. So especially when we go from thinking a false thought to a true thought, a limited thought to an expansive thought. So it's always worth experimenting with that and really getting that into our our bones in this sense. Um, So... If we're walking down the street and we're thinking about what to make for dinner, it may not feel very prayerful because in that moment we're in a sense analyzing uh, the facts of what's in our refrigerator, where we would have to go, if we're going to get need new supplies. Uh, how what we feel like eating what others in our household feel like eating so that's kind of a laundry list thinking but if we're in the thoughts of thinking about our relationships and our experiences in life and we're evaluating them then that's more in alignment with prayer so prayer is the medium of miracles uh, prayer is our communion with God, as Bonan just reminded us. And so, if I'm thinking, if I'm praying like this and I'm praying for, uh, and I'm going to just, well, I'm, I'm not going to, I was going to risk taking the video off. Um, but anyway, um, let's say I'm praying that... Um, Oh, please, please, please help me to have a good trip. Oh, please help me to have a good trip. Please let the ticket thing be worked out with ease and grace. Oh, please help me. Forget the words that I'm saying. What's the energy that I'm praying?
4: Meeting or wanting.
0: Yeah, right? Very clearly. And with needing and wanting is always the sense that I don't have or I'm powerless, I'm in lack. So in a very real sense when I'm doing that, I'm praying lack. I'm praying limitation. That's what I'm praying So if you think of in fear and conflict section in chapter 2, section 6, it says it's hard to understand that thought and belief combine into a power that can literally move mountains. It's hard to understand that. It's difficult. But so many times... All day long, that's what people are praying. They're praying not enough. They're praying lack. They're praying limitation. All day long, again and again and again. And they think that their experiences are validating their beliefs. But it's not that way at all. Their experiences are representations of their beliefs. Thought always precedes form. That's important to absolutely know. Thought always precedes form. Always. And so that's why I say, heal at the root to have new fruit. So... Now you can think of, let's say, a time when you're planning to get together with your loved one and you're very excited about it. You're going to have a fun time together. Maybe it's a romantic time together or it's a family reunion time together or something like that. And you're thinking about it with great anticipation and excitement and looking forward to the joy and the pleasure and you know the things you're going to do, the food you're going to eat, the things you'll share with them, the things you'll share with you, and you wrap into it memories of past times that were similar, where it was so much fun, and uh, you're riding this wave of energy of what you'd like to experience in that uh, activity or that that occurrence that that experience. So in that case, all of that thought around it, the the excited anticipation, if if you think of it like a prayer, what are you praying?
4: Happy. Abundance. Joy.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So depending on precisely what it is, you might be really pouring all that energy into thinking about sharing love, being love, uh, enjoying things, connecting, uh, having a good time, being creative, being playful, whatever it might be that that event or occurrence would consist of. So, when we're energizing things, it's a very powerful prayer, even though we're thinking thoughts, but not thinking prayers. It's powerful, and it brings things into being. It really does. Now we can really become clear about the distinction between thinking these thoughts in a sense um, calling it into being and now if you take that same kind of energy I was just describing and feeling and you add in all kinds of attachments which is what i used to do all the time i used to get very excited to be with my family and to go places and do things but i would build into what i hoped we would do the fear of what I feared would happen. I'd fear that certain things would be discussed. I'd fear that there would be bickering and fighting. I would fear that people wouldn't want to do what I'd like to do. So I was praying that. It's really about being very mindful when our thought and feeling combine. Because when our thought and being uh, feeling combine, what it's representing to us, what it's signaling to us is, if I'm feeling afraid and I'm thinking fearful thoughts, it's, a, it's an absolutely clear demonstration that I believe those thoughts have power. I, I believe that fear has power, darkness has power, something other than God has power, or I wouldn't be upset, I wouldn't be bothered at all. So that's why I feel it's so important for us to pay attention to that divine alarm clock at the smallest level, because it's our way out of suffering. That when we start to feel that reactive state, is because we're thinking something that can be cleared away, can be laid upon the altar. And we can experience the echo prayer. So sometimes we pray from a place of, we're praying very intently, but our belief is that the prayer doesn't have any power. Our belief is that there is a second power working against God. And we're trying to prevent something. How are we doing here?
4: I know I've heard, heard it lots of times, but it's like I, I still struggle to um, feel really really clear like you said something there um something about thoughts it kind of sounds like it's it's about being like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you're pouring what you're pouring into your being and exactly you kind of so made a distinction between just thinking and prayer
0: exactly Exactly. So we're making of our life prayer without ceasing so that we're always in communion with God. Mm
4: -hmm. So
0: when we're feeling, really feeling anything strongly, we can pause and look at it and and say, what am I broadcasting? What am I energizing? Because that's what prayer is. It's broadcasting. It's energizing.
4: Yeah, I get it. Actually, so that's, that's really helpful. Yeah. The broadcasting mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Because yeah. there's just, you know, like, for instance, um, there's no part of the universe that's saying no. It's, it's really not. There's no part of the universe that's saying no to our mind. Uh, we, we can do whatever we would like with our mind. That's the thing about this world. It's both wonderful because we can get back into our right mind, and it's terrifying because we can fall out of our right mind. So there are no idle thoughts, Of Course in Miracles tells us. Every thought has an effect it's a cause that has an effect and this is one of the things that uh, jesus admonishes us that we're far too careless in entertaining thoughts that are not helpful to us so for me going back to the beginning there's two things so going back to the beginning talking about the woman in testimony of light who lived so strongly from her heart She was broadcasting from her heart. That's how she was choosing to live. That's what was fulfilling for her. That's why she was choosing it. We choose what feels best to us. And if if we're vibrating with I'm not good enough, we're going to choose thoughts in alignment with that unless we're determined to let it go. So um, I see we're at time here. I'm going to go a little bit longer because we had so much time lost to the technology stuff. But um, I don't think I've reviewed this in this class. But stop me if I have, if I did this recently. So uh, I was struck many years ago uh, when I read... Or actually I heard, I think it was, in Carolyn Mace's huh, in Carolyn Mace's audio uh of her book. And I, I just find her audios are far better than her books. I just don't feel except for so Anatomy of the Spirit. I think that's a a, a well written book. I don't think most of her other books are well written. Um, in her book, Why People Don't Heal and How They Can, she talks about how, she said, think of your energy system like this. Imagine that every day you're given $100 worth of spiritual coin, let's say, and that's how much you need, exactly how much you need to live your life and to be in, in... perfect order she said what happens is many people will decide to hold on to resentments and regrets and hurts and and upsets and unforgiveness and then that's draining off their energy and it, because we're investing in holding on to those things that's why I do the taking stock of the investments early on in the year and we go through that list of 11 things the hurt, the blame, the shame, the regret, the resentment, the anger, etc. So, when we're choosing to invest in those thoughts and those beliefs, then what happens is uh, we don't have that full use of the hundred because we're investing it in these side things. So, what she says is what happens then is. We, we look to try and get some more energy from somewhere else because we're using all that we have. And so the first place she says we go to is our creativity, to drain off our creativity. Next thing we'll do is to drain off the energy that we have for our relationships and to be in intimate relationships. And then when we've drained off those things, we start draining off the energy that we have to um, To uh, – I'm sorry. There's someone just making noise right by me. Um, and he's plugging in a vacuum cleaner. So there. <laughs> so, this is so funny, right? So um, – so then we uh, are taking energy from our cellular tissue and our ability to heal our body is diminished so this is what our experience is this is what our process is and so knowing that What we can do is we can turn it around. We can turn it around and, oh, I may have found a quiet corner here, maybe. Um, We can turn it around by recognizing that when we go into these thoughts of resentment and regret, all the unforgiveness, that to just cognize what is it costing me. This is an investment. Every thought is an investment. What's it costing me? Is this the price I want to pay? And so this is why A Course in Miracles tells us forgiveness is the way out. Of all delusion, forgiveness is the only way out. And it's so clear. And when you read many, many spiritual teachings, you'll see that forgiveness is the way. And it's also, of course, love your neighbors, you would love yourself. So when we're holding on to that unforgiveness, it is literally preventing us from being prosperous and healthy and everything that we'd like to be. So recognizing that we can go the other way. We can make the higher choice. So for me, it takes great willingness to be able to look at these things and say, oh, you know what? I have the power to change my mind. I am the one that has the power to change my mind. I can choose again. And I don't have to look back and go, oh, what an idiot. I just chose the wrong thing, like, oh, gosh, I, I, I'm I, seeing now they chose the better thing off the menu. They chose the, the um, beautiful pie, and I chose this awful hot dog or whatever it might be. Instead of regretting our choices in the past, let's just say, oh, look, I learned something. That choice didn't bring me happiness. That choice didn't bring me joy. Instead of chastising ourselves for every choice that we made that didn't bring us happiness, we just go, oh, okay, I get it. So this is helping me to remember how to make the most loving choices. And so this is how prayer really, really turns it around because if we're praying many times a day, and we're recognizing that our thoughts are powerful when we're just making a laundry list of things that we need to remember to do and stuff at the groceries, you know, that's, that's not creative thought. That's not thought that's bringing things into manifestation in the sense of either, um, beating up on ourselves or, uh, Loving, kind thoughts. So we're just learning to recognize when the energy is shifting into these thoughts that I'm thinking now and my belief in them is placing a prayer out there. This is the thing that I see so many people don't recognize is they are literally praying lack and limitation. They are, when, we're, when we're with our loved ones and we're complaining about them internally and criticizing them internally or we're doing it to ourselves, we're literally praying limitation. We're literally play, praying negativity. And fortunately, the positive loving prayer is, is many, 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 many times exponentially more powerful than a thought of negativity. But still, just you can tell by the quality of your life how focused you've been on negativity or love, just by how peaceful you are, how good you feel. And that's good news, because if you'd like to feel more peaceful, you can do it. It can be done. And you are doing it. I'm doing it, too. We're doing it together. And you know what? That vacuum cleaner guy, he showed me where the plugs are. They're in the floor, under panels in the floor. (coughs) So
2: now I know. I have a question, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Yes. About the praying. You said mm-hmm. positive prayer is exponentially. well And then so positive when sauce. you have two or more, the gathered is. Oh, okay. So it, it's a, it's a similar it's prayer, right? Not that this positive and negative prayer. But it, um, when you pray, Together with someone, is it, is it even more powerful?
0: Always. Always.
2: And out loud, too, right? And what? Out loud.
0: Well, I, as you know, I like to pray out loud because I feel then the walls are vibrating with it. My cellular structure is vibrating with it. And it's also... It feels to me that there's a stronger energetic shift when I pray out loud,
2: okay, Thank you.
0: Mhm, well. Interesting class, boy. I I have to say, uh, with all the technology and all the noise, golly gee, that was something. And of course, now that it's time to end, there's no one here and it's perfectly silent.
4: (laughs) I was just thinking, Jennifer, the hoover or the vacuum was a bit like, because you were talking about how it sucks our energy. So I was thinking it was like. (laughs) It was just kind of a little demonstration of what the negativity does operating in the body. Great. Just, yeah. That's great.
0: Anybody have anything they'd like to say before we finish? I'll
4: just say one thing too, because. I think as I started to get excited, and I, you know, being on the community calls and praying and mm-hmm. having different people pray, I really started to feel the power of the prayers and, you know, particularly that part around the truth, you know, declaring the truth. Well, it's all, it's all helpful, but maybe I hadn't been utilizing that part. And mm-hmm. then, so I kind of reconnected a lot more with my prayer partners because I think, uh there was this tendency to maybe move when we would move from prayer partner to prayer partner to kind of become a bit disconnected with the previous partner and Mm -hmm. so reconnecting it's such a basically we have the connections in the community to be praying together so much more often than I had really utilized and so Mm -hmm. I find myself praying like and one of my friends who's a who we've never prayed together. She's been a friend since school. I, I said to her, "Hey, do you want to set up a prayer call every week?" And now we talk every week and we pray. I mean, we converse, and it changes from time to time. But I feel like it's definitely shifted my whole energy. And when you said that about relationships, I thought, "Oh yeah, it must be creating space for me to be more loving in my relationships, out with my husband." You know that I. Am, I have freed up a bit of energy by doing that to really be willing to look at the relationship and see how I can be the change. So it just, it makes me so excited. It just, it's radically transforming everything.
0: Yes. Yes. So powerful.
1: And Jennifer, I just wanted to say, too, um, I love what everybody's contributed. And um, I hear your thought about, you know, shopping lists and so on, that they seem neutral. And I understand that they're not the same as an intentional prayer. But I even feel like that vibration um, is has the same um, power in terms of meaning. So if I'm making my... Grocery list with an attitude of Ugh, "I have to do that." Um, you know, right. there, there are connotations with the list. Very, there's so little that's actually neutral. So I like to think of, of even those things as being powerful and checking in with what beliefs or what feelings might I, might be contributing to this next activity of cooking or shopping or whatever.
0: It's yes, because it's about being intentional
1: doesn't mm-hmm. it say in the course somewhere that there are no neutral thoughts? yes, there are no
0: there are no idle thoughts, yeah, and I
1: think it says neutral as well that you know that they're either positive mm-hmm. or they're, or they're yeah. thoughts, you know mm-hmm. the the, yes. degree, the degree doesn't matter
0: right exactly
1: anyway, I just wanted to so, put that in there as a as a little caveat i I agree with your opinion about or your point about the you know <laughs> intentional
0: prayers, Right. yeah, so it's about really stepping up to this place of not giving ourselves a pass Mm, I used to do that all the time Mm -hmm. like you know I'm going to ruminate on this and it's you know and I would not allow myself to really recognize these thoughts have power these are not there's no way to say hey God don't count these thoughts Mm -hmm. I just want to think about for a while I just want to think, you know, F him or F her or whatever, or I'm, you know, I'm so messed up and what am I going to do and I hate this and this. It's important to feel our feelings, but it's really true. If you just feel your feelings, they'll move right through. And one of the most important things to do is to feel your feelings without fanning the flames of upset. Mm-hmm. With our thoughts, mm-hmm. just allow them to come through. Yes. I just uh, in I just looked it up. Chapter twenty-four, the goal of specialness, uh, in the introduction, paragraph two. To learn this course requires willingness to question every value that you hold. Not one can be kept hidden and obscure, sure. but it will jeopardize your learning. No belief is neutral. Every one has the power to dictate each decision you make. Yes, yeah, thank For you. For a decision mm. is a conclusion based on everything that you believe. Decisions are the outcome of belief, and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing here a little bit. And decision follows belief as surely as does suffering follow guilt, and freedom follow sinlessness. So, no belief is neutral. Mm -hmm. And uh, not that it doesn't say no thought is neutral. And well, I love you all so much it's I'm so grateful to join with you and i uh i'm I'm grateful that I don't feel anyone's um, ire that uh, the class was so disjointed with all the interruptions and things like that so. We're keeping our mind stayed on Thee, on God. And that's a beautiful thing. So grateful. All right. Well, I am going to speak a word of powerful prayer here. As we gratefully and thankfully lay everything on the altar. We lay our lives on the altar. We lay our health and our relationships and everything that's important to us, everything that feels challenging to us, we're laying it all on the altar. We're opening ourselves to see and know and feel here clearly the guidance that is ours to follow. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to be led and to be fed by the Spirit. We are grateful and thankful to give up negative prayer in all its manifestations. We are grateful and thankful to keep our heart open so that the love is continuously flowing. We are claiming our healing, mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing. We claim it all. It's ours now, and we give thanks for it. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. And uh, I can't remember right the second if we have class next week or not. But um, I'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.